Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 113. Shh, I'm trying to listen to the beep. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Mackenzie as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, how are you? I'm good, good. We're, we're both not nervous, it's going to be a normal conversation, and everything's going to go normal, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like any normal conversation. This is a normal conversation. You're not being recorded, what? No, no one said that. <laughs> trying to listen for the beep, as previously discussed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a recording message. Please leave your message after the beep. <laughs> oh man, do you remember those like old school phones back in the day? Like, I don't know. The beep was always really intimidating for some reason. And super loud too. It was just like <laughs> just blasting in your ear. It was. It was. I mean, I thank God for cell phones these days. It's a little a little bit more um, muted, I think. Yeah, but at least the beep from the cell phone is different from the beep we're going to be talking about today. The beep we're talking about today is a lot more interesting and in a sense more rewarding. I mean, I think so. <laughs> and yeah, before we jump into the topic of metal detecting, I'm sure the lis listeners would love to know who is Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie is 32-year-old mother from the state of Wisconsin. I'm actually a tattoo artist. That's my career that that pays the bills. But um, I'm also a mom and a wife and uh, a writer. I do a lot of writing, but metal detecting is my escape from day-to-day -day monotony, if you will. <laughs> you know what? It's it's the t different, I guess the, I don't even know how to phrase this, but you know what? Have a, yeah, I can't speak today. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is that <laughs> I guess I'm the one who's nervous. Uh, no, let me just re-adjust my brain for half a second. Done. Okay. That's fantastic. And I'm sure people would love to learn more about that. And if you want to plug where you work, where you do your work, if people want to come get your amazing art or even just more about you as a whole where can people find you online whether it's social media or a home carrier pigeon or i don't know <laughs> i wish i had a home carrier pigeon um but sadly i'm limited to just websites unfortunately i don't have any websites that are dedicated to my metal detecting specifically because that's more of um, a private hobby for me so being on this podcast is really interesting but um if anybody were to be interested in my writing, uh, my website is um, tree that grew through iron.com. That's the name of my first book. And it kind of goes through the whole fantasy steampunk series that I wrote. Otherwise, my tattooing website is tattoo peas in a pod.com. And I do mostly watercolor and realism in the state of Wisconsin. So, but sadly, yeah, no, nothing for metal detecting. Um, this is a, an interesting new experience for me to be sharing with the world my little nerd hobby here. <laughs> Those two other things are amazing. I'm definitely going to put that in the link because, you know, I want people to be like, this is Mackenzie. She's got different interests. She does cool different things. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to put all that in the description below so people can go check that out and, you know, show some love. Awesome. I appreciate it. And just before we continue, I... I don't know. I, I hear a bird in the background. <laughs> I'm on my roof right now. Are you yeah. actually? <laughs> <laughs> I am on my roof. Yeah, I actually spend a lot of time here. Well, I was I was previously in the basement and um, our connection was not that great. So I thought, well, you know what? I really I, I literally will go to my roof. And yes, lots of birds out here. You know what? We'll make it work. Uh, the listeners, if you want a little chirping of a bird in the background, this is recorded outside. I'm indoors, but this is outside for Mackenzie. So you get a little bit of indoors in nature. So yes, best of both worlds. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So now to jump into the topic of today of metal detecting. 
So for those who might not know what it is, mind giving a little definition of what metal detecting is? Because I'm sure it's not just to like you look go around like, oh, metal, oh, metal. It's it's more than that. Yeah. you um, Well, usually most detectorists have a, a metal detector and the quality can range from, you know, a $50 chintzy one that you pick up at Fleet Farm to like the super fancy ones that can do just about anything, you know, save for cooking dinner for you. But um, I have kind of a mid-grade one because I'm um, just a, you know, a hobbyist, nothing you know, I don't have a career. I'm not making a career out of taking up metal or anything, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's basically a a piece of equipment. I have headphones that way. If people do see me detecting, um, you know, I can have a very valid excuse for not responding to them if they start shouting at me, (laughs) but, um, it's a piece of equipment that basically just detects different types of metal in the ground, anything from iron to bronze, silver, copper, gold, if you're lucky enough. And yeah, you just kind of, you know, you find a a good spot where you think there might be something that you would be interested in digging up, whether that is coins or relics or jewelry. Um, And then you just kind of go from there and hope for the best, cross your fingers and dig up some treasure. That is so cool. And I would imagine like the metal detecting machines nowadays are more advanced than the ones from, I don't know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago and all like that. So have you seen differences between the machines? Like some machines can go deeper, some can do our wider range, some can actually just identify the metal by speaking to you. Like there's a Google Home in it saying, you found copper. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be so cool. Um, they've definitely come a long way since, from when I was a kid. <laughs> they have some that are like, they have their standard little options. They're like, oh, this is jewelry or this is tin or this is iron um but then there are some that are a little bit more sophisticated that are like this falls within the range of you know 90 on the uh, the little display and you have to figure out what that means based on previous experience um and those are the those are the best ones to have to be honest because you know it, bronze there's a pretty large i guess expanse of what that can cover you know it could be garbage or it could be treasure and i suppose that's relative to the person who's digging it up but um yeah the fancier ones they have uh more of the um the numbers that you have to decipher rather than the the generalized terms for what you're digging up and how did you actually get introduced to metal detecting was it because i don't know you found a piece of metal on the ground you're like cool i want to find more actually it was a commercial. Do you remember those? Like when they were actually <laughs> called commercials and not ads? <laughs> I think I was like, I was probably like eight years old and I was sitting in my living room watching the TV with my brother and um, this commercial came up and it was like, you too can find gold and treasures and riches beyond your wildest dreams. And it was like this metal, this chintzy metal detector that they were advertising on TV. And I was like, yes, that's going to be me. I'm going to be the next, I don't know freaking treasure hunter goddess whatever <laughs> i love dream it of being. <laughs> treasure hunter goddess that's like, an awesome title yes it would have been amazing but you know commercials they're they're blown way out of proportion <laughs> <laughs> but they worked <laughs> they worked yeah i mean it got me to buy the product so that was that was something and uh, do you actually remember the first thing you've ever found with it and do you still have it i 
I think the first thing I found was like a piece of tin foils. <laughs> I don't still have it, but um, I do remember the thrill of that first beep. And the first beep was like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to dig up like the lost treasure of Atlantis, even live in the continental US and nothing cool here existed prior to, you know, the 1700s. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have a question for that later. I'm going to save it. I have to, you know, just ease myself in because I want to ask you all the questions at once and I know that's not the right way to do an interview and well sorry this is not an interview this is a conversation that's not the right way to do a conversation but uh, <laughs> speaking about the actual metal, metal detector itself what is the one you're currently using I use a Garrett there's like a million different kinds of them mine's kind of a mid-grade one but it's my favorite brand and I don't know why it just is I think that's just the one that I've always used so there's kind of like a brand loyalty to it even though it's never like I don't know, done anything special or, you know, none of the other detectors I used had, had, had done anything awful. It's just that it's, uh, it's like, oh, hey, it's a Garrett. So that's the one I'm going to use. <laughs> and did you name it? Uh, I didn't name my metal detector, but I have named my cars. So I should probably give my metal detector a name. Maybe then it would be kinder to me. Maybe something like Sir Ironhead the Third. <laughs> I don't oh know. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> you just pull that off. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really bad with these horrible puns, but yeah, <laughs> more than welcome to use no, it if you I like. That's, that's his name now, Sir Ironhead the Third. <laughs> Why he's the third? I, I don't, don't know <laughs> because it's probably my fifth detector, but that's beside the point. <laughs> fifth, Junior, 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 Junior. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Uh, and uh, when you do go for these, let's say, hunts and adventures, do you look for specific things like, all right, well, I've done some research. I found that this area tends to have this kind of thing. Or do you tend to just go with more of an open mind? I usually go in with more of an open mind um, because even if it is garbage, it still feels good to get it out of the ground. I'm one of those hippie kids that I'm like, oh, I'm helping the earth. So even if it's just pulling trash out, then it's still satisfying. And speaking about pulling trash out, I'm not saying everything you pull out is trash, but what is the most interesting thing you've ever found? Oh, gosh, the most interesting thing. And I wish I had more specific information, but this was about three years ago. So my memory is a little hazy. But um, my mom bought an old Victorian house in the city and I was detecting in her backyard and um, we found this old pin and you could tell you could tell what the name was on the pen. It was very easy to read. Like it wasn't very corroded at all. I'd had the word John in it. And the only reason I remember that is because her ex-husband's name is John. And we were we had we had some laughs at her expense <laughs> at the fact that the John was on there. But um we did some research on it and it was a pin that was issued in the 70s to people who had donated more than $1,000 to a humanitarian organization that built wells for small communities um, overseas. So it was, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming it was something that the former owner had received for making um, a large monetary donation to this organization. But um, that's all speculation, of course. But what was interesting was we looked up the name of the pin and they had different pin designs based on the decade the pin was issued so we decide we were able to determine that this one was issued in the 70s so that was pretty cool to see and speaking of which how big is your collection oh i keep my collection pretty small because clutter gives me pretty bad anxiety <laughs> <laughs> the ones that i do keep all have great memories attached to them and for those that you do not keep do you throw them away recycle them or sell them or give them to your mother so she can keep them 
she has the pin actually, which is why I can't dig it out of my collection and find out what the name of the organization was. But, but, um, um, most of the, the, the metal that I dig up, I usually do make sure it gets recycled in the proper places because, um, you know, I don't want to dig it up and then just throw it back in the the ground for it to (laughs) rise. I can just imagine it's like you put it back exactly where you found it. So the next day it's like, wow, I found something new that I never found before. <laughs> Some people do that. That is so shitty. I should have asked you if I can swear on your you podcast. It is your episode. You can do whatever you want. Thank God. I have such a potty mouth. It's so hard to, to, to rein it in sometimes. It's a potty episode then. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> well, I do have a five-year-old, so I have some clever euphemisms in exchange for swear words. But, um, you know, sometimes the real ones just slip out. <laughs> so is your five-year-old going to listen to this episode? That's the question. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. He's he's very curious of what I was what I was doing. I, <laughs> on the I had roof. an outline. Of, yeah, mom's going to go out on the roof for a second. So I know that um, there's some awkward noises that I have to compete with out here, including the birds and the barking dogs. But <laughs> at least it's not a five-year-old asking a million questions. <laughs> Imagine they come on and just start asking me questions. What are you doing asking my mom questions about metal detectors? Um, I just like metal. <laughs> he would. He could fill up a whole like week worth of your time, I swear. <laughs> you know what? If later on in the future, if he wants to come talk about his hobby, you know, he, he's more than welcome. Oh my God, he totally would. <laughs> <laughs> it gives that different perspective. Let's say the older generation. I'm not saying we're old. I'm saying like older generation and then younger generations. What if his hobby was also metal detecting? Actually, speaking of which, have you ever done it with your son, the metal detecting aspect? I haven't, but to, this is the first year that I've been really excited to, add, to to participate in it with him because now he's, well, he's five now. So his attention is pretty limited. And if you don't find treasure in the first three seconds, yeah. then it's like the boring thing in the world. So. You know what I can see you doing? I can see you like just have like a coin. Just throw it a couple of feet ahead and then make him go in that direction just to keep his interest. I totally would. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, look, common currency or clad, if you will. Well, he wouldn't know that it's called clad, but that's just for us cool kids. He's <laughs> like, wow, a coin from 2020. Wow, this is ancient. <laughs> he would think that too. He totally would. No, we're just bashing your son. No, no, your son is a great person. Never met him, but I'm sure he's a wonderful child. <laughs> it's just like... No, no, he's super cool. But I mean, like, if you could be delighted by something as as current as 2020, then all the power to you. <laughs> I'm delighted by the simplest things in life. Like, I see a tree bent in the weird way. I'm like, wow, look at how that's growing. Yeah, my wife's like, okay, honey, let's just keep walking. It's not that interesting. I'm like, it's so interesting. Like, how is it bending that? Like, it just went around the pole and goes up. Like, whoa. I'm very simple-minded. Nature's fascinating. <laughs> it really is. It, like, gives no fucks. It's like, I think I'm just going to grow here. What, you want me to dig into the foundation of your home? All right, that's fine. <laughs> oh, you needed this fence? Screw that fence. Yeah, I'm just going to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone now. That's that's cool. And talking about trees going into different areas, just growing everywhere. It's a weird segue. But what is your preferred area to go metal detecting? I prefer to be anywhere that is secluded. I have had the cops called on me before, what? which is unpleasant. So, yeah. um, a lot of people are pretty naive to the, I'm going to say art of metal detecting. And maybe that makes me sound egotistical, but I'm going to use it anyway. But um, a lot of people are like, what the hell is that person doing with that strange contraption in the middle of nowhere? And um, so I, ha- I have had the cops call on me before. Um, so my preferred place to metal detect is somewhere where there's a small amount of people 
So there's not a lot of questions or police officers, which is fine. I mean, the times that I have had the cops called on me, I, I have my permit and everything like that. Like I know the rules, I guess, extend to the metal detecting community within my county. So I'm not technically doing anything wrong. It's just that people don't really know any better. So <laughs> anywhere there's less people, there's, there's, you know, obviously less room for problems to arise. So that's where I like to be. I don't know if I just found a loophole, but it could be illegal. It could be legal. I don't know. But would it be possible that you wear like one of those yellow vests, like construction worker vests and a hard hat, and then you walk around with a metal detector? So people are like, oh, it's just work and they won't call the cops? I'm going to give that a try now because <laughs> my husband has access to metal or not metal vests, um, the yellow vest because he works for the airport. So I'll just steal one of those and say that. Yeah, because you see somebody with a vest on, you're like, okay, they're probably doing work, something for the city. Yeah, this is. This is legit. This is fun. <laughs> She's just searching for water mains below the surface. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to try that now. I just said something that might be illegal, but you know what? We're going under the assumption that it is legal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, and uh, speaking of, uh, well, this is not, a, this is a bad segue, but how long does a metal detecting session usually last for you? For me, probably about two hours, because even though the detector itself is fairly light, when you're like swooping it around for several hours at a time and you're digging your holes and, you know, burying stuff and making sure you're not leaving a huge mess after a while, it gets to be a little tiring. But yeah, I would say about two hours is usually my max time. And uh, so, yeah, you say it gets tiring. Is it like just because you're holding it in a, in a position that it just gets tiring for your arm or just walking or rain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. A lot, of, um, a lot of switching off because, well, I mean, I'm a fairly weak human being to begin with. I lead a very sedentary lifestyle. So <laughs> like being out there with a metal detector swooping around in your arms for two hours is like, well, I hit my capacity for physical exertion today. <laughs> I think I'll just wait for another one. All right. My mind is going everywhere right now. So I'm just wondering, does this exist or would you like this to exist where there's a metal detector installed into the shoe? So instead of you holding anything, you can like just walk. And if it starts beeping within a certain distance, you can just either feel vibration or go straight to your phone or into your ear, a beep. Would that be something that already exists or something you'd be interested in? To my knowledge, it doesn't exist, but that sounds like the next million dollar idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> the metal detector itself is so cumbersome and large that it just draws human attention. And Obviously, that's something I like to try to avoid because I, I, you know, I go to metal detect to get away from people. I don't want to be near them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if it were in my shoe, that'd be great. I could just like look like I'm doing a modified Charleston or something. And, <laughs> like, oh, I just have to stop here and dig for a second for no reason. Yeah, I could just imagine like if somebody were looking from afar, just looking at you walking with the metal detector in your shoe. It's like, what is she doing? She's like walking in sporadic, not even circles, just walking around, swinging your foot, looking at the ground. It's like, is she is she angry at the leaves at the ground? Is she kicking something? Is she trying to kill a bug? I, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> that, though. They would probably be so uncomfortable that they would look away like <laughs> like, oh, my God, I don't want to draw attention to this strange woman. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. I think you should patent that idea. You should. Well, we should. Uh, so people listening, this is uh, Mackenzie's and I's idea. So, uh, yeah, you heard it here first. The metal detector <laughs> shoe. <laughs> Copyright 2020. Yes, exactly. And uh, for you, what would you say is the best part about metal detecting on a personal and an emotional level? I think the best part 
is kind of that romantic notion of touching something that hasn't been touched in years and thinking of the tale of how it got there. Like, I don't know, one time I was I was in the middle of this vacant field that just it had nothing, nothing around it for miles and miles. And I found a silver spoon from like 1940s collection. And I was like, what are you doing out here? How did you get out here? Like, was it a couple having a romantic picnic back in the day and they just left their spoon? And I don't know. It's it's the stories behind it that really get me, even though nothing that I found has had significant monetary value. I think that the emotional value and the, the created mental value is just priceless to me, which is one of the things that draws me most to metal detecting. It reminds me a lot. I had a guess on many episodes ago about urbanic urbexing, which is basically urban uh, adventuring. And he would go, he lives in Scotland and he would go venture in like abandoned buildings. And he visited this like hospital that was completely abandoned, but there were still medical records. It was like from the seventies. That is cool. Yeah. It was like, it was just left there. Like they left in a rush, like everything was there and notes and they didn't understand why, but it was just so interesting. So that's just what you're Finding of the spoon remind me, like, how did it get there? That's really cool. Yes. I would spend days poring over those medical records, regardless of whether that's like the biggest HIPAA breach known to man. (laughs) (laughs) It would be so cool. And uh, for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started metal detecting? The first of the biggest issue was probably figuring out the settings because there's so many and they're all just completely overwhelming to adjust to the beginning. So that would probably be the, the, the first hurdle I would say was, was getting acquainted with the, the metal detector itself. But, um, once you learn all that, that's all stuff you can, you know, learn through your manual or on YouTube. But, um, after that's all figured out, then it's just easy, easy peasy from there. So would you say that you currently have challenges now, or you have no challenges? You've mastered the art of metal detecting. Oh my God. The, the current challenge now is that I'm a, a mother. So it's either feeling guilty for being away from my child or feeling guilty for not metal detecting. <laughs> just an endless cycle of guilt, depending on what you decide to do with your time. I found a horrible solution. You strap on the metal detector to your child, so you're carrying your child and the metal detector at the same time. Look at that. <laughs> I'm in love with that idea. Well, I like that he's, he's approaching six now, so he's like capable of holding one for himself. And the, you know, obviously the, the child ones are kind of chintzy, but like you said, you know, just like grab a roll of quarters and hurl it into the sand at a beach and (laughs) we find flowers. Put on your sunscreen. You're good to go. It's kind of like a Easter egg hunting where you would hide the eggs and then you let your child go look for it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and he's obsessed with Easter. So it would just be a really good transition. I think. The tooth fairy made it a lot more difficult to get your money when you lose a tooth. Now you have to go find the money. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good learning experience like oh you actually have to work for it now welcome to adulthood even though you're six yeah (laughs) your your tooth naturally fell out of your mouth and now you have to go scavenge for money (laughs) (laughs) talking about scavenging which is the topic of metal detecting have you ever done metal detecting in water like whether it's in a lake or in the ocean or was it something that you'd like to give it a try i have actually my my most recent um, metal detector that I bought has uh, the waterproof coil, so you can go underwater metal detecting. I can't submerge the entire detector underwater. They do have those available, but um, I, <laughs> I'm totally freaked out by the ocean, so that's probably not something that would be in my um, my realm of, of desired 
objects, but um, I do have the one that it, it, it can be submerged underwater. And I've gone in up to my hips and, uh, and dug out treasure that was in the water, you know, up to there. And I found a couple of bracelets and, you know, nothing super fancy or anything. Oh, you know, here's a completely hilariously ironic story for you. So I've been metal detecting since I was about nine. And my mom never metal detected once in her life, but she is a frequent tuber. So she goes tubing a lot. And um, one day tubing down the river, she found a ring that appraised for $8,000. Wow. <laughs> and I have never found anything worth more than $100 at best. And I'm like, you know, this is just the way of the world, isn't it? Like you can just go out and the world will, will bend itself to you. So she and I do go treasure hunting every now and then, but um, it's always tubing treasure hunting and she's the lucky one. So no fancy jewelry for me, just for her. <laughs> she doesn't even own a detector. Like the only things that we found like that was like cool and interesting from back in the day was actually because we live in a pretty old house, but it's been renovated by the basement. My parents' house in the wall, there was a picture of the little rascals. It was like, from like the early, like the first Little Rascals, like it was like a newspaper article of that. And just a couple of days ago, we found crayons from 1930. That is so freaking cool. They used so much interesting stuff as insulation back then. <laughs> like it's just so cool. I don't know if the crayons were used as insulation, but <laughs> beside the point. My mom, she has that old Victorian house and she found a calendar in there from 1912, which is apparently when her house was built and... It was just so cool. Oh, that stuff is fascinating to me. Like, it's not it's not worth a dime to most people, but it's like, how did this get back here? Why were there crayons in your wall? <laughs> I want to know the story. You want to hear something even creepier? Uh, so in my basement, so it's a, du a duplex in the basement. There used to be, like, back in the days, 1930 or earlier, a doctor who lived here. And he would have his patients come in the basement. And there was a plaque that said Dr. Craig. And it was like a very creepy area. And it was just like individual little rooms, but it was like dirty and rustic. It's all clean now. Like it's all cleaned out. But it was kind of like, what did he do to his patients in this house? That is terrifying. Like as a tattoo artist, you know, there's um, a lot of health code standards and stuff that we have to abide by these days. You know, it's obviously tattooing out of a house is out of the question because it's not it, you know, it can't be sanctioned as a sanitary environment. So for a doctor to be able to <laughs> perform out of his house is just completely terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, back in the days, they used to have Coke and uh, Coca-Cola. So, you know, crazier times. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had all the, the wild stuff. <laughs> Dr. Cray just loved that type of Coca-Cola and doing stuff in his basement to his patients. It sounds like the start of a horror movie right there. <laughs> That's the coolest story I've ever heard. To be honest, <laughs> I love houses that have horrifying like backstories to them. And maybe he was a perfectly legit yeah, doctor. But, yeah. you know, I love the possibilities the, that the exist. The creepiness makes it a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and uh now back to the actual concept the concept the topic of this podcast what are some misconceptions about people who do metal detecting oh man i think well going back to that commercial i saw when i was eight like i still haven't found a pile of gold yet so yeah. that's been a <laughs> conception like nobody's gonna get rich metal detecting except for those um those few and far between people who managed to strike it rich but um um sheer luck alone but um otherwise the only other misconception i can think of is 
is probably that, you know, when people see people metal detecting outside, they're like, what is that person doing? There's this kind of veil of secrecy, like they're up to no good. But, um, you know, most of us, we, we fill our holes and we actually leave the environment cleaner than it was when we left, at least the reputable metal detectorists do. But, um, I just think that there's, there's kind of this, I get, I, you know, it's not a common hobby. So people are like, what is this stranger doing with this, this machine outside (laughs) in the park? Like, that's kind of weird. Like keep your children away from that weirdo. But, um, you know, it's, it's mostly just harmless people who are out for an adventure and a good story. You know what you do? If people are like looking and asking, you say, I lost my car keys. (laughs) Why do you have the shovel? I I lost them deep, deep in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yup, I have used the excuse before. Oh, we've been camping here two years ago and I lost my engagement ring. I thought maybe I would. And that usually silences most people. They're like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh. It's like, oh wow, I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole for asking. God damn it. I'm just going to go. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, you deserve to feel like one. <laughs> maybe that's not true. They're just normal humans with curiosity. But. Damn curious humans. Like me asking all these questions. <laughs> no, like you have a, a perfect legitimate reason <laughs> i am the metal detector of podcasts that's what that's what i do yes. I'm, <laughs> i search out hobbies yes and uh what has metal detecting taught you in life oh man you know the old adage one man's trash is another man's treasure i think as cliche as it sounds that's that's probably what it's taught me and that i don't know it's it's just so cool to touch something that someone else hasn't touched for so long. And and I just think that it's, I can't even describe it. Like, it's just so cool to me to, to find value in something that most people would find uh, or label as garbage. And I could also imagine like the aspect of like, you try to discover what the story is behind it, like you were saying before. And it's like, oh, well, what happened it for the spoon to end up in the forest? Like, did somebody have an argument and threw a spoon at somebody? Or your your reasoning of having a picnic was much more logical than mine about throwing a spoon. But <laughs> <laughs> And that really, it ties into my intrigue as a writer, too, because when you find stuff like that, it, it kind of fuels that creative fire that, I don't know, I think that uh, it lives in, in, in everybody's spirits there's like like you know people their orders have been around since ancient times so just finding some kind of fodder for an interesting story is is really romantic to me in a corny way <laughs> that is so cool i love how you intertwine both of them together so on that note have you ever used like an actual object that you found in your story in some shape or form not not literally but um the feelings that i've gotten from finding an object i've used in a story so it's it i i've been able to i feel accurately portray the the character's feelings at finding something that they wouldn't otherwise find somewhere so that's that's been cool to to know what someone would feel like if they stumbled upon something that that they weren't expecting to stumble upon so i guess for that reason it's been helpful I, my mind is stupid i was just thinking like uh if for one of your books, like he spooned her like a spoon that's just been left in the forest for a while, just <laughs> smelled so good. <laughs> they would be, we'd be like, Fuck. <laughs> but then if they heard our podcast, they would be like, oh, that's that's where that came from. And uh, on a different note, did metal detecting ever stress you out? I don't think metal detecting ever stressed me out so much as the experience of finding so much garbage in the earth stressed me out like 
like there have been times where I was, you know, you're obviously finding modern day trash and it's like, man, the garbage was literally 10 feet away. Like you couldn't fucking walk it over there. (laughs) But me, I'm like, I'm a total, like, like I said before, hippie nature's child. So, I mean, that's the only frustrating part is that you kind of see glimpses of humanity's darker side. You're like, why can't you just make sure this gets properly disposed of as opposed to polluting the earth? But um, those are the only frustrations that I've ever had from metal detecting. Mostly it's been a way to relieve my stresses as opposed to, to discovering new ones. <laughs> No, I get what you mean. It's kind of like when you see a trash can and trash around it as if there's like a magnet that repulses any type of trash to go inside. So people miss it completely. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? Uh, Me personally, I use it as an escape from reality. But I think if more people got into it, like that would be super cool. I mean, especially if they were cleaning up the garbage as they went along, like get a get another uh you know hundred thousand people in a metal detecting and uh we could get a bunch of garbage out of the the earth that's just been sitting there for the last you know 20 to 40 years yeah and actually it reminds me of another episode i had with another guest who does plogging basically what he does he goes jogging and picking up trash that's his hobby that is awesome i love it i'll send you that episode and i'll send you the urbexing one as well Yeah, I'm interested. I'm very interested in those because they're right up my alley. I don't go plogging. I can't jog, but um, I do pick up trash whenever my son and I walk around the block or whenever we walk our dog. But there's usually no running involved because that's too much physical exercise for me. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's because uh, when I went to Japan two years ago, Japan, like, didn't, it was very, it's very clean, but they didn't have that many trash cans everywhere. And I had something I wanted to throw out. And then I was constantly looking for a trash can and I was holding the garbage in my hand. So for a good, like two hours, I'm just walking around with the garbage in my hand, like doing like touristy stuff, like just going around visiting stuff. But at the same time, I'm looking for a trash can. I'm just like, okay, I don't want to throw this on the ground. I need a trash can, but I look like the idiot holding trash in his hand, looking sporadically everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What part of Japan did you go to? We went to Tokyo and Hakone. Oh man, that is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to go again. My wife's Korean, so we did like a Japan then Korea to visit some family. And uh, yeah, that's and I'm in Canada where the trash is apparently apparently covered by snow in winter. Oh, I believe it. I love (laughs) Canada though. I've been to Montreal and it's beautiful there. Probably the only person in the world who upset a Canadian though, because I was trying to figure out how to how to bike and I haven't biked I hadn't biked in like 10 years and I accidentally biked in the road and someone honked at me and I was like oh no I pissed off a Canadian (laughs) (laughs) and then he still he still says sorry (laughs) that would have been awesome and uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in metal detecting oh YouTube videos you could figure out anything from YouTube videos that's just my advice like if 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 you're overwhelmed by the and I'm so sorry there's a dog barking in the background (laughs) Um, if you're overwhelmed by the, the information that comes with, the your metal detector, like there's hundreds of people on YouTube, that are going to be able to break it down for you in a really simplistic ways. At least there was for me. And if it can be broken down for me, then it can be broken down for just about anybody. So there you go. <laughs> I would definitely, 
Yeah. There you have it. You have a uh, YouTube. And also this is the perfect segue for my next question. Do you have any social media links, websites or projects or absolutely anything at all you're working on that you would love people to come check out? Oh, just my books. Yeah. I wish I could, I could, you know, casually segue into some cool metal detecting <laughs> shrine that I have, but no, just my books. Um, just the tree that grew through iron.com. It's um, a steampunk fantasy series that I write and, I have been writing for the last two years, so fun stuff. No, but that's perfect. You you took the time out of your busy day to come talk to me about metal detecting, so the, the least I can do is promote absolutely anything at all you want to promote. Oh, I wish I could say that my day was busy, but all tattoos across the U.S. have been ordered to close down due to the pandemic, so I've literally been unemployed for like the last month. This was the highlight of my day. <laughs> well, in that case, well, this is a great conversation. You made my day. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> See, I told you, it was just turned into a conversation, right? Yeah, it really, really did. It was very smooth. And now for the hardest question. Now, you might be nervous for this one, but do you have any questions for me about metal detecting? I ask this question at the end of every episode. Well, I'm legit excited that you found some cool stuff in your house. So <laughs> having found the stuff on your property and your walls that you have, have you ever considered getting like even a chintzy metal detector and just seeing what's around your property? Oh my goodness. I am so curious about things that are ancient. When I say ancient, but older than today. <laughs> so yesterday, <laughs> it's ancient. But no, I'm, I was always interested. And when I was a kid, I, I think I had one as well. It was one of those you know, cheap 90s uh, metal detectors for kids. The ones that can... Probably the same commercial I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's exactly it. Yeah, we bought the same metal detector. Uh, but no, I've always been interested in like finding things and trying to figure out the background of it and the story. My wife's like, no, no, don't touch it. It's dirty. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just wash my hands later. But like the crayons, what? who? It was like perfect. The, the container was broken, but all the crayons inside were not used. And I'm like, why? Cool. Why? How is how, They didn't want to use it at all. They just left it there. So I'm super curious. I love it. There's a cool story there. Maybe I'll write a short story on that. I'll let you know. About Alex that. and his crazy adventures with crayons <laughs> and Dr. Craig. Yes, Dr. Craig. He needs to play a role in this. Dr. Craig's in his crayons. <laughs> Instead of giving lollipops out to children, he gives out crayons. But uh, that's, That is a story I would love to share and read. <laughs> It would be a horror story, that's yeah. for sure. Also, in the basement, there was a weird corner where you had to like make three left turns, and there's just a toilet there. A very tight corner with a toilet. That is awesome. Dr. Craig, you know, he was really into weird shapes. <laughs> I love, you know, I love that. And then he could label his house as like a one and a half bath, you know, that it really ups the resale value. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I had a friend who stayed over and I told them about the story and they're like, okay, no, I'm sleeping with the light on. Nope. Uh -uh, this house is haunted now. I'm like, oh no, Dr. Craig's nice. He hasn't done anything to us yet. <laughs> <laughs> to, to you guys. He's like, he's our good patient. So, uh, there, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, for coming on and just sharing laughter with me, sharing your stories and detecting the warmth in this conversation. See what I did there? Huh? huh? Was that good? Was that love cheesy? It. Love it. <laughs> <words>. <laughs> uh, so if you guys want to learn more about Mackenzie, I'll put all the links in the description below. It'll be very easy to find. Yeah, she's very lovely. So go show some love. And of course, if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. 
And of course, if you like the podcast and want to leave a review, hey, by all means, I won't say no. And if you want to show more support, I also sell merchandise on Redbubble. And also, I have a Patreon if you want to show support, some support for that as well. But you don't need to. I just pump these episodes out like it's air going through my ears. I don't know. That's a horrible saying. But yes. Anyways, thank you very much again, Mackenzie. You are so welcome. And, um, you know, listeners, don't hold anything against Alex for my background noise here. My birds and my dogs. <laughs> That's all on me. No, no, no. That's Mackenzie bringing in nature in. So because we're talking about outside a lot. So it was like a. A surreal experience. Yes. That's, that's oh, yes. <laughs> and in, in that case, they were purposefully input into the background for ambience. They had cues and everything. So you're like, all right. And now, no, no. You put your finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>